big thing, I am an electrical engineer, I have a business background, but the real thing I want to talk to you about is the sort of route that my son is making currently, who, by the way, qualified in computer studies yesterday, final year from DCU. So this is a great day for me. <laughs> So I manage uh, specialist earn in Ireland, and its vision for the world is to enable one million jobs. And that's, of course, uh, Torkel Sonne's vision, who the man who runs the foundation, as it's called. So really what we're trying to do is create meaningful job opportunities, like Liam referred to, in SAP and in other companies. And overall, though, to make society more accepting of people with autism. Because people with autism are a little bit different. And I'd like to introduce some people with autism now. So here we have five people with autism, some of whom you obviously recognize on the left-hand side, the first four, uh, from Daryl Hannah, Dan Aykroyd, Courtney Love, and of course, Susan Boyle. Maybe some people suspect Susan Boyle, but the others maybe not. And interestingly enough, all of them are in the sort of area of public engagement and acting in that. This slide, I think, is important, but it gets over this thing. It is an invisible disability we're talking about here, and these people have still been very successful with this disability. So, if we look at one of our people, that's Mark on the right-hand side. I have to thank SAP for giving him an excellent internship, but today he's working around the corner in NAMA, would you believe, on an extended contract. So the typical problems for an autistic person, the challenges are social tends to be. That's the reading social cues and that type of thing, reading body language, being too literal. It's raining cats and dogs. Don't look up to see the cats and dogs, please. Some autistic people do. A person who worked for us was told in her project to go and uh, take her own initiative, basically uh, paddle your own canoe. And she said, she's now got a, a PhD, this lady, she said she hadn't got a boat. So you can imagine what it's like. So we live in a slightly different world, autistic people do, but we have skills. Welcome back to the second series of InspireFest, the podcast. I'm Anne O'Dee. I'm the founder of InspireFest, which takes place in Dublin every summer over three days. In this series, you get to hear the conversations backstage between Claire O'Connell and Shauna Boyle and some of our speakers. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not come along and meet us in real life in Dublin? Every year we have attendees from about 40 countries. You simply book your tickets at InspireFest.com. It's our fifth birthday in 2019, so we wanted to do something nice for our podcast listeners. So we've created a discount code just for you. Go to inspirefest.com and enter the code INSPIREPOD19. It's time to crack on with this episode, but before we do, I just want to take a moment to thank the Digital Hub for being our anchor sponsor once again for this series of InspireFest, the podcast. The spark for InspireFest grew out of our home here at the Digital Hub four years ago, so it's a pretty fitting partnership. The Digital Hub is based in the Liberties in the heart of Dublin City. It's a collaborative space and it's home to lots of technology and digital media companies. But it's more than just an office. Why not visit thedigitalhub.com to find out more? Now, let's get on with this episode. Hello, I'm Claire O'Connell, and as Anne just mentioned, you'll hear from me and from Sean O'Boyle during this series of the podcast. Sean and I spent a couple of days hanging out backstage at InspireFest 2018. 
and we had conversations with some of the speakers just after their talks. In this episode, Sean spoke with Peter Brabazon, who's helped thousands of people with autism to access employment. Peter is the head of Specialister in Ireland, a specialist consultancy that helps employers recruit and retain people with autism and Asperger's so that they can grow diverse and effective teams. Peter estimates that close to 15,000 people in Ireland with autism could be suitable for lots of different jobs in IT and similar areas, doing the type of work that could really play to their strengths. Here's Sean's conversation with Peter. Tell us about uh, the talk you just gave here at InspireFest. What, what story were you telling? What I was trying to do uh, today, thanks, uh, is is to tell a story that uh, would link to the people, really, that was it. So from our point of view, you know, we've worked with about 500 people now in Ireland in the last five years, and everybody's different. So as they say, if you know uh, an autistic person, you know one autistic person, that's all, you know. Uh, there's, I started off particularly trying to correct the perception that they're all techie nerds, so that's why I showed... Uh, uh, for uh, sort of actors, actresses uh, as well. Then I did go into you know what is fairly typical. I have to admit is is uh, the nerdy type through a picture of Donald Triplett, not Trump, uh, deliberately because he has the normal sort of features that people expect. In other words, he's socially insecure at the start of his life, a bit sick actually a, a, a lot, and a bit of a loner, and that's sometimes the problem. But often that's brought on because of their autism. It's not autism itself. It's a sort of a feature of it, you know, that comes out because of the way they have been treated maybe in schools and that. So that that was to set the scene, as it were. That's what I was trying to do there. And then I was trying to say, well, look, actually, these people have great abilities. Like uh, Donald, uh, they're very focused on what they can do. Uh, They're very exact, uh, like detail, and very good uh, people to work with in terms of they're very loyal, they're very humorous, uh, they pun a lot, I didn't say that on stage, um, but they're also uh, just pleasant people to be around, they're very empathetic, you know. What do you think are the biggest misconceptions around people with autism, particularly in education or careers? Yeah, um, well the first side of it is, I suppose, is, is, is that, uh, I just has been mentioning, that they are just nerds who want to work just in science, technology, engineering, maths. But actually, Liam today, my previous speaker, the head of uh, SAP, he did put in A into STEM and made it STEAM. And that's important because a lot of our people are also quite good on social uh, careers, you know, like even from journalism, they're right around to uh, animation and and those sort of things, you know. So that's that's sort of the the challenge. And the, the real challenge in then in the work situation is just like HR has a particular way of doing things. It's really skimming CVs, to be quite honest. And what we really need to see is see the people. So that's what we do, really, is we evaluate people in detail, give them a little bit more confidence to get through that uh, interview process, or actually work with the interviewers on giving a more autistic-friendly interview, you know? So on a day-to-day basis, what does that work look like, the work that you guys what do? We do, yeah. okay. Yeah, on a day-to-day basis, well, first of all, we, 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 we meet people, you know, we have a, an application system and all of that, and we're quite well known in the autistic community and with some employers, which, which, which is great because they're now coming looking for people. But what we, first of all is we have just the, the, the meet uh, and just to see, well, really, what the CV or application form that you've sent us is, how, how real is it and what, what it is, because, you know, a lot of application forms and CVs, particularly nowadays, are written by somebody else on your behalf. So it's just the normal sort of thing, get to know them. 
also get to build their confidence and uh, and manage their expectations at the same time, uh, you know, and, and to get to, to the feel for what they can do. And from that, then we decide really what we're going to do next. That's where we go. We I showed the Lego. I didn't talk about it uh, today, but we use uh, a project to build a Lego robot to see how people interact socially and also how um, they uh, think technically in general, you know, and it's very good. We have a psychologist on the team as well, so that's why we, we, we can do that type of thing. Um, and then after that we go on to start to see if we can match these people, give them some CVs uh, uh, help and also give them some uh, interview technique help. But then if we get a company like SAP today, if we get, say, uh, job specs specification sorry uh, we can then see if uh, who will fit from the panel of people that we have which is quite a number that's why I was making a particular um, request of anybody who was an employer in the audience and I know there are a few uh, maybe could uh, start supporting us in that way and what we do then the really is onboard people get them into the jobs they got onboarding now in the in the tech sector and then following that through we support our candidates all the way through we have one guy we're now supporting in detail after five years of permanency you know so that's the way we are so that's the big thing that sort of differentiates us a little bit is the ongoing support and fundamentally an important aspect of everything and i did mention it today we don't charge our candidates at all we charge the companies for the talent that they get and the state also pays us for getting people who are unemployed into employment and is there a story that you can tell us of one of those candidates from sort of coming to you initially and moving through into a career or into a, a job that has stood out for you? Yeah, okay. One of the candidates, I can't name him, uh, very early on, his family heard uh, us launch, basically on the, on the television, and uh, I met him. He was living alone, a uh, little bit uh, difficult to live with at times. But he was producing fantastic work, you know, and uh, up by himself in his back room. And um, so we did the process that I've just described. But fundamentally then, um, I saw that there was a job in Microsoft that might suit. We were connecting with them. And uh, we went through a process, getting him used to transport, getting him used to uh, the induction process. I actually sat in, in Microsoft's induction process. Sorry, Microsoft. I hope I haven't got to do it again. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, just bringing him up and down, getting used to transport and all that. He went on to be very successful there. Unfortunately, there was a big change in Microsoft from top to bottom, including the, uh, the main person uh, in Microsoft worldwide. And he, he was let go with the rest of the team. But then we got him into SAP, where he had uh, some fundamental uh, issues around uh, track suits and, and sensory issues. Uh, so we got past that by convincing him to wear black tracksuits only. He looked like everybody else then, you know. And, uh, well, his success is then, is a, he's permanent now. He's got his own house nearby. That means he can walk to work. He doesn't have to take public transport or anything like that. And he's got friends. He's very social. And he's a great guy and uh, really uh, uh, he's one of our... Uh, leading successes. We would have a number of people like that and the really nice thing about them is that they want now to become advocates for us so they will talk to other uh, people. For example a number of them meet in not too far away from here in the Longstone pub Sunday evenings. If anybody's out there who's uh, 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 autistic and, and Asperger's particularly the Aspies tend to meet there uh, and uh, I don't go into there because I don't want to interfere the process but I can just say that we've employed three people from that pub 
because of referrals from each other, you know, which is great. You know, that's how it should work. That's about really building up the community. Uh, and, you know, it, it, remember that we're dealing with people who often have average to high intelligence and therefore they're able to manage all of this, you know. And uh, I'm very glad to say to my team, my one of my best people is autistic, you know, so she's fantastic, you know. So, What are the cultural changes that need to happen within an organization to make it more welcoming for autistic people? It's a good question and it's, it's, it's hard to be simple about it. I've noticed that companies that are good employers for us, good ethos and therefore become partners for us, uh, inevitably score highly in good companies to work for. So if you have a general approach that's more respectful of people, and you must remember, our candidates have an indis invisible disability. That's sort of a problem as much as anything, because nobody is going to help you as such. But if we do the briefing, then that'll work. Um, then, uh, but the overall thing is, 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 is really uh, to encourage volunteerism, uh, have a good CSR program, and have a leader from the top. And then have a flag bearer, say in HR or somebody who's going to really push the thing. Somebody who, yes, personally, maybe have an interest, but somebody who also has influence, both top, but also to bottom, you know, because what has happened for us is that in companies where we have success is that people really get, get going on this and volunteerism is no problem. So we use a buddy process and we need a buddy for everybody buddy stroke mentor, sometimes it's two people indeed, and that's really where you get the, the thing going. Because you have uh, a manager or a buddy selling the program to other managers and buddies, and it just really works. But I think it's an overall cultural shift in the community then, and I think uh, acceptance in, in terms of advocacy efforts that are happening. You know, uh, autism has been spoken a lot on television, for example, these days. That's great for us. Even when it goes wrong, and suddenly it's, it's, uh, people want to know about, about, about autism, and that's what we spend a lot of time just briefing all, uh, people about what is autism. You know. Yeah. Thank you so much. That thank was really it was really great to find out about your work and hear those stories. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is my first time here at Inspire Fest, and I heard everyone saying it was different and exceptional but I didn't really believe them because a lot of people say that about a lot of conferences. But I came here and the, the speakers are amazing and they touch on subjects that are very different, uh, like accessibility, LGBTQ, and how to be more inclusive and diverse. And it was really, really amazing. I recommend it. Most conferences drive to have a diverse set of speakers. InspireFest truly does that. You've got people from all different communities on stage, 65% women, which is amazing. Uh, so yeah, I think that's the one thing that really inspires me. I love just the whole variety of different talks on various things. So sometimes there's things just come up that you don't expect, and there's things maybe you weren't expecting to really like, and they were really, really interesting. Well, I keep coming back as a third year. It's a, I love to hear stories and you know how people are making impact. It's very inspiring. It's really, really, really nice just to be in a place that's full of other passionate and enthusiastic people. Um, and I really find that I leave InspireFest with a lot more energy than I came with.